0: Scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 146. Psalmist writes, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. This morning we're going to conclude our series entitled Summer in the Psalms. And we're going to conclude it by studying this Psalm 146. And next week we'll start a new sermon series in the book of Ephesians. Now the psalm we're looking at this morning is one of the last five psalms of the Psalter. And what makes this psalm unique and these last five psalms unique is that they begin and end. Each psalm begins and ends with the same phrase. And that phrase is, praise the Lord. And the, and the phrase, praise the Lord, in Hebrew is the word, Hallelujah. So if you ever used the word hallelujah, that's what it means. It means praise the Lord. And so what you have in these psalms, Psalm 146 to the end of the Psalms, of the Psalter, you have these psalms bookended by this phrase, praise the Lord. Now, some of you probably own bookends. Maybe you have some at your home. Uh, here's a simple one I, I snagged out of the library. Um, bookends can come in all shapes and sizes. And uh, this bookend, this little kind of sheet metal style of bookend, was actually uh, created, the design was uh, put forth in 1877 by a man named William Bernard. So bookends can be as simple as that, or maybe you may have some more decorative bookends in your home. But the purpose is the same for these bookends. It's to keep the books from falling down, right? That's their whole purpose. Do not allow the books to fall down. That is the purpose of the bookend. So I wonder how many of you all would like to have your life characterized like these psalms, beginning to end, bookended by praise. From the beginning of your life with Christ until the end of this life, how many of us would like our lives to be characterized by praise? From beginning to the end. Which prompts the question, how do we sustain a life of praise? How do you do that? Well, I believe the psalmist in this psalm tells us three ways that we can sustain a life of praise. The first way we sustain a life of praise is we have to talk to ourselves. Second way we would sustain a life of praise is we have to trust the Lord. And the third way we sustain a life of praise is that we must treasure the gospel. So let's look at the first way the psalmist tells us how to sustain this life of praise and we have to talk to ourselves. Look at verses 1 and 2. The psalmist writes, "Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul." So he's talking to himself. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. So if you and I are going to sustain a life of praise, we have to learn to talk to ourselves. Now, have you ever been around someone who talks to themselves? I've been around several people that talk to themselves. One example of this is I was in Santa Cruz, California one summer on a summer mission project with crew. And uh, let's just say Santa Cruz, it's, beautiful, it's a beautiful place, beautiful weather, it hardly ever rains there. But all this dew comes in off the mountain, this moisture comes in off the mountain range there, and so everything's still nice and green but it just doesn't rain a lot, and the temperature is really mild. And so because of that, you get a lot of drifters the Santa Cruz, a lot of people that are homeless By choice, some of them, they drift into Santa Cruz because the weather's great. And if you go to downtown Santa Cruz, let's just say you run into some interesting people. And I remember going downtown one time, and I saw this guy having a conversation with himself. And then he walks over to a store window, and he begins to have a conversation with his reflection. And needless to say, people that talk to themselves, there are two categories of these types of people. The first one is crazy people. And this man was a little little crazy. And then you have the other category, which is non-crazy people. But they still talk to themselves. And I'm just going to tell you, there's one person in our church who will remain nameless. But is here quite often. That loves to talk to themselves. And I'm not going to say who it is. And they're not crazy. But they do like to talk to themselves. But listen to this. Actually, studies have shown that talking to yourself can actually be very beneficial. Amen. Talking to yourself talking to yourself, stimulates memory, helps you stay focused, and helps you clarify your thoughts. And so the psalmist here is telling us that if, when it comes to praising God, we need to learn to talk to ourselves. We need to allow our outer voice to tell our inner selves to praise the Lord. And that's why the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. And we need to speak truth. We need to speak truth to ourselves in order to recalibrate ourselves so that we can give praise to God. You know, here's the reality of the situation. I know it is for me. Circumstances can cause thoughts to rush into our minds that lead us to worry and discouragement. And we need to acknowledge that what we're dealing with, we need to acknowledge what it is, And we need to tell ourselves the truths of God. In other words, maybe you've had a conversation like this. I know I have. You know, you're talking to yourself, you're talking to the Lord, you're having this conversation even internally or maybe even vocally, but you're saying, yes, this is discouraging, right? This is is very discouraging. Or, yes, I'm very disappointed. Or, yes, this is very difficult. I don't know how this is going to work out. I mean, you're going through the motions here, going through this conversation, and it's looking pretty dismal. But at that point, you need to start talking to yourself and talking to yourself and share with yourself the truths of God. And you need to tell yourself, I know this is hard. I know this is disappointing. I know this is not the way we planned it out. But I know God loves me. And I know even in the midst of this situation, God is at work. You know, we need, we need to learn to talk to ourselves and share the truths of God with ourselves if we're going to sustain a life of praise You know, just like if you were walking through the grocery store and you begin to talk to yourself so you don't forget what you're there to buy. Not that I ever do that. You know, we need to learn to talk to ourselves and remind us who the Lord is so that we can gain perspective. And this actually prompts us to praise. So if we're going to sustain a life of praise, the first thing the psalmist tells us is that we must talk to ourselves. The second way we sustain a life of praise is that we must trust the Lord. And the reason the psalmist tells us to trust the Lord is because we tend to trust everything else but the Lord. Look at verse 3. He says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. Now you may be thinking to yourself, Well, Ron, I don't know any princes. So I guess this doesn't apply to me. I'm not putting my trust in any princes or kings or royalty. Well, the psalmist here is referring to people that have great influence and power. So it doesn't have to be just a prince or a princess. Anybody with great influence and power, he says, do not put your trust in these people because there is no salvation there. I noticed that uh, Ann Coulter, who is a politically conservative commentator, just recently released a book. And the title of her book is... In Trump we trust. A little provocative title. You know, she's playing off the motto that's on our money, which is, in God we trust. Now, I'm not saying this culture is praising Trump like the psalmist is praising God, but I am saying that we have to be careful that we're not trusting in men and women to give us what only God can give. And I think that's what the psalmist is telling us here. He's warning us, of putting our trust in influential men and women. And this is why he says in verse 4, when his breath departs, he's talking about the prince, the one that's influential, when his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and on that very day, his plans perish. So here's the gist of that. If your hope is in anything that can die or end, you have no hope. If you place your hope, your trust in something that can die or come to an end, then you have no hope. And so the psalmist is telling us that we should not trust in princes. Even though these people may have great power and influence and the best of intentions, once he or she is dead, there is nothing else they can do. So I want you to imagine, imagine I built here a, uh, a table made completely out of paper. Okay, it's a paper table. Maybe it's like a paper mache table. And the reason I did not do that is because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do paper mache. But let's pretend I did it. I figured it out. So we have a paper table over here. Now there are some things you can sit on top of that table and it will hold it up if it's lightweight. So I don't think the psalmist is telling us, well, we should not trust people. We should not seek help from people. You know, we know from other parts of the scripture that's a good thing. So the lighter, the lighter things of life, we can sit on those tables. And they hold us up. I mean, the table will hold them up. But the problem is, when we start taking the heavy items, the heavy objects, and we try to sit it on that table, the table collapses under the weight of it. Because you and I can't stand the weight of those things that only God can sustain. And so there are some things that we can only go to the Lord for help with. We We only can seek the Lord for support in certain areas of our lives. And people just can't help us in these areas because they cannot sustain the weight. Even if they want to help you, when they die, their plans perish. There's nothing else they can do for you. They're limited. And so when you and I help those around us, we can do so with the lighter things of life, but we cannot support the weightier things. Only God can give salvation. Only God can forgive sin. Only God can... Uh, grant eternal life only God can fill that void that we all have experienced and so you and I cannot provide those things for people and so if they're placing their trust in us for those weightier things then they're going to end up disappointed so we need to point them to the Lord only God can give what lasts forever and that is eternal life And this is why the psalmist says in verse 3 Put not your trust in princes, in the in son of man, in whom there is no salvation. Then down in verse five, he says, "Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God." So he says two things in verse five that you need to take note of. One, he points out that he points out the person that we should trust in for help, namely the God of Jacob. Now this is important. In other words, you should not just trust in any god. But you should trust in a specific God, namely the God of Jacob, the God as revealed in the Bible and who has been most accurately revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. So first of all, we need to place our trust, our hope in not just any God, but the one and true God. And then second, he points out that for you and me to have hope, then the God of Jacob must be our God. You see that verse five? Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And so that prompts us to ask, is the God of Jacob my God? Have I turned from trusting in the things that will end to placing my trust in the God of Jacob, the one true and living God, the God of the Bible? If we're going to sustain a life of praise, then we need to put our trust in the Lord. He must be our rock and foundation. He needs to be our refuge and strength. He needs to be the basis for our salvation. If we're going to sustain a life of praise, we need to not only talk to ourselves, but we need to trust in the Lord. And thirdly, we need to treasure the gospel. Another way to say this would be we need to think upon the works of the Lord. This is what the psalmist does in verses 5 through 10. He says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. You know, we must think upon the work of the Lord. You know, the, psal- the psalmist reflects on the fact that God provides. He executes justice. He enlightens. He lifts up. He loves. He protects. He comforts. He reigns forever. And you can just picture the psalmist with his writing utensil and his piece of parchment or paper. And he's just reflecting on the works of the Lord. And he's just writing them down as he meditates on the goodness of God. And I have no doubt that if the psalmist were writing this psalm today, that he would zoom in on what God has accomplished for us through his son Jesus. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul does over in the book of Ephesians which we're going to start next week, so I'm just going to give you a little teaser this morning. He says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul, Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so you see Paul pitting this prayer of praise, praising God for what He's done for us in Jesus So if we're going to sustain a life of praise, we we need to treasure the gospel. We need to continually seek to realize what God has done for us in Christ. Listen Listen to these memorable words from Romans 8. Paul writes in Romans 8, 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So in other words, the psalmist is recognizing, just like Paul recognizes here, life can be difficult. And we all know that from experience. Life can be difficult. And so Paul goes on to say in verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how, he, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So if we're going to sustain a life of praise, we need to talk to ourselves. We need to learn to talk to ourselves. We need to trust the Lord. And we need to treasure the gospel. And you know, the purpose of those bookends, are to keep, is the, the purpose is to keep those books from falling down. And what keeps our life from falling down is our relationship with God. And so may our lives be bookended by praise. Let us pray. Father, that's what we want. We want our lives to begin and end with praise. Lord, help us to sustain praise through the mountaintops and the valleys. Lord, help us to learn to speak truth to ourselves as well as to those around us, reminding them and reminding us of who you are and what you've done. Lord, help help us to put our trust in you. And Lord, help us to treasure the gospel. And we praise you for all you've done and are doing and will do. In Jesus' name, amen.